Day 4, posted August 2, 2002, 4.17 a.m. Polly Yor. Lance and I arrived at the studio simultaneously today. Of course, I was 15 minutes late. I might as well have been 24 hours late because Willie didn't show again. We didn't record. I didn't even make an attempt to put the reel on the machine. I wish I could tell you some great recording stories from today, but I can't. Essentially, I was paid my book rate to sit around in kibitz all day. Hey, I enjoy kibitzing as much as the next guy, so long as I'm not on a mission. As much as I'm happy to be paid highly for such activities, I chose to record and mix albums for a living because that's what I wanted to spend my days doing. If I just wanted to kibitz, I would have chosen kibitzing as my profession. Sometimes, however, I feel that I'm irrational on this subject. Why should I give a shit if I'm actually recording the album or not? Every day I'm at the studio, I'm getting paid. But I don't want to be recording, or in this case, not recording an album for months on end for lack of momentum. Been there. Done that. Discographies are the name of the game in this business. The deeper and hotter your discography is, the better. The recording biz is basically a small, controlled lottery. The more albums I work on in the course of a year, the more lottery tickets I have in my possession. The more lottery tickets, the more chances of a hit. Once you have a hit, you get even more lottery tickets. I just hope I didn't get the piece of paper with the black spot on it, as I have a marked aversion toward being stoned to death. If I'm locked up spending months on this record because Willie's show never shows, then overall... That's not a good thing for my career. The more this record costs to make and the longer it takes, the more unlikely it is that it will ever sell more than 10,000 records. For an individual, that number is decent. For a major label, that number is abysmal. The fact that this band was a bidding war band and that they've been basically on the shelf for two years does not bode well in the first place. So yes, I want to be recording right about now. I called Willie's show again this morning. He answered his phone, and he apologized again for his no-show. This time, he decided to give me a little information teaser. He alluded to having trouble with the contract, and he was confident that it would all be worked out by this afternoon, after which he would be in to take a listen. I told him that I was looking forward to finally meeting him again, and I felt like an awkward idiot in doing so. But I'm over that. I was considering asking Willie if he wanted me to make some takes, but the fact that he intimated a desire to listen to where we were convinced me to abandon that thought. There are plenty of producers who expect their engineers to do the nuts and bolts work as the producer acts more like an executive. I had a producer tell me once that my job was to make him look good. He wasn't kidding. I had to make all the decisions and take complete control of the session. In that case, the producer viewed his job as an overseer of sorts. He would come in and approve or disapprove of what we had done. And then it was my job to either move on or fix what he didn't like. As with every high-profile producer, there were plenty of stories floating around about Willie's show. The word on the street is the guy is pretty hands-on. His not showing to the session would be, quite obviously, uncharacteristic for a hands-on style producer. Asking him if he wanted me to make takes seemed counter to getting our relationship. Can I call it that yet? Off to a good start. 
I know that if an engineer I hired asked me that, I'd be immediately distrustful and probably dislike the engineer. On the other hand, I know several producers that just expect you to start making takes. Those tend to be hands-off music supervisor type producers. They won't even tell you that's what they expect. I knew that Willie was going to show eventually, and we'd be working on the album. I was also reasonably confident that he did not want me to start making takes. So that was the tack that I would continue to take. The band seemed pretty happy by the end of yesterday. Unfortunately, after only a couple of hours of no-show Willie, their happiness swiftly eroded to discontentment. The guitar player called their management on the issue. Personally, if I were the band, I would have called my management two days ago. But that's me, and fortunately for me, I'm not in the band. The mystery of Willie's show's non-appearance was finally revealed. Apparently, Willie's producer's contract wasn't complete. Furthermore, Willie had made it very clear to everyone involved in this project, who didn't happen to be in the studio waiting for him, that he would not start work on the record until the contract was complete. In my travels, this is nothing short of unusual. In fact, it's not uncommon to finish a producer's agreement in the middle or even remarkably post-completion of the album. But Willie was holding out for some reason. Hmm. It's even more unusual, on those rare occasions that the producer is threatening work stoppage, or should that be work non-startage, for the band to be in the studio waiting until the contract is done. In the rare instances that a producer is insistent on a finished contract before commencement of the album, the session will typically be put off until such contract is completed. At the moment, thousands of dollars are being spent every day with no music being recorded. As near as I can figure it, based on the information relayed to me by the guitar player, Willie Show didn't tell the label that he wasn't going to work without a contract until this past Monday, probably simultaneous to my reeling in pain from a snare shot to the ear. Ay ay ay. Producer contracts sometimes take weeks, actually months, to complete. Was the label going to actually fork over all that bread to have us sit here for weeks doing nothing? It wouldn't be the first time something like this has happened. I'd be lying if I said I weren't somewhat suspicious of this contract story. I couldn't help but wonder if Willie Show was finishing up another album and not admitting to it. Or was it truly a case of wanting the contract complete? Perhaps the contract issue acted as his beard, much like a gay man's girlfriend is intended to hide his sexual preferences. I can't say the band was very happy about this news. They weren't. Neither was I, for that matter. Their management told them that the contract was almost complete and there were only one or two more negotiating points of contention. Apparently, the contract would likely be done by tomorrow, which begged the question, why am I here right now? Then there's the issue of my non-refundable three weeks of work deposit to hold the time. I haven't even gotten that money yet. Fuck that. If they cancel or postpone this session, the label will only pay me for the days I've worked. With independent labels and international labels, I'll do no work without a deposit. With major labels, I've never gotten a deposit before I actually started a gig, so I hadn't given it much thought. In receiving this information, I placed a call to my manager, who acts for me just as a band's manager acts for it. She promised me that she would get my deposit, pronto. For as much money as labels go throwing around like it's disposable, they sure don't like giving it up. 
I spent time with the boys in the band today, and I'm starting to get a good idea of their personalities. As I said earlier, the bass player and the singer I've worked with before. I mixed a record for them when they were in another band that was ultimately dropped. Unfortunately, mixing with people for seven days doesn't provide much time for developing super tight personal relationships. And I wonder if I, perhaps, had overestimated just how well I knew these guys. Regardless, I wasn't there because I was buds with the band. I was there because they liked how I approached music and engineering. That's nice, but I wish they would have told me about Dumbass before I took the gig. I continue to marvel at the depth of Dumbass's stupidity. Today he was running around the studio naked. I didn't even ask why. That would just encourage him. I just pretended like it wasn't happening. Don't feed the dunces, I always say. All the band members have a certain distaste for Dumbass. He's probably the diversion that actually unifies this band. He's the scapegoat. I think if it weren't for the pile-on dumbass game that they have so regularly engaged in, this band would be broken up by now. I say that based on my recent determination that the singer and the guitar player really can't stand each other. The two of them have been writing this album for two years now, and the label has been ruthlessly, with no concern for the band's general mental well-being or confidence, rejecting their demos outright and insisting that they keep writing. The label wanted hits. Remember, they were a bidding war band. That means that when they were being bid on, the labels all thought their music was great at that time. So why two years of writing? That's like torture. Come to think of it, so is this session so far. I also discovered that the band has gone through two A&R reps, now on their third, both of whom hated the band, mostly because they were a president's signing. Frankly, I wonder if this band might be a pain in the balls for the label. I could see that side of them in today's conversations, many conversations of which I was only half privy to. It seems that there is a serious history of problems in this band's marriage. As if that weren't enough, it also seems that publishing, which deals with how the writer's portion of the money is paid, is a major point of contention among the band members. I've been down this road before. I'm starting to suspect that the singer is a megalomaniac, but I know the guitar player is completely tweaked. I can't cite anything too specific yet. Actually, I suppose saying that I know the guitar player is tweaked is a bit strong. Rather, I'll call it a super strong vibe. A premonition based on years of experience dealing with people who can't hold down a job. Let's put it this way. I would vote for the guitar player to be most likely to mow down a crowd with a machine gun in the band. I think he's unstable, and I'm almost positive this guy is seriously depressed. I'm not a shrink, although after years of recording bands, I might qualify for an honorary degree. All I know is that the dude doesn't seem very happy most of the time. He mopes, and he never seems to get excited about anything. We're going to be making a record for Christ's sake. Every new record is exciting for me. How could it not be for this guy? Case in point, I'll record what I and the rest of the band think is a pretty killer guitar sound on our test takes, and he'll walk into the control room, listen to his part, and talk about it like his grandmother just died. Yeah, I guess that's okay. He'd say, followed by... I hate my life. I'd be lying if I say that didn't depress the fuck out of me. Shit. 
I put my best foot forward, and the tone I capture makes someone hate his life? That's certainly not good for one's ego. It's not as if he's playing poorly. He's a good guitar player. I just don't know. Perhaps he's depressed that Willie's show hasn't shown. I can only hope. In the meantime, the guitar player shall be dubbed, most appropriately, Paul Yor. As always, I wonder if Willie's show will come to the studio tomorrow. More importantly, will I be working on Saturday? Seeing as, to date, I can only reach Willie in the mornings, I'll have to ask him that question tomorrow. And seeing as it's almost 4 a.m., I'd better get some sleep. As if I won't have plenty of time to rest during the day. <sighs> Mixer man. <laughs>